Uh, so yeah, welcome back to Too Close. Welcome back to Too Close. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's see where am I? What are we on? Number seven. Welcome back. Yeah, episode seven. Episode seven. Welcome back to episode seven of Conversations with Chris. With Chris. So today we're going to talk about a statement that was made by me last night. And I'm going to tell you that statement in just a minute. But first things first, let me let you know that Tara is uh, my trusty sidekick and she's here today too. Hey guys. So she likes to be announced because frankly, I often forget and it's not intentional. It's just part of my brain stuff. I know. I just think it's weird if I pop in in the middle. Yeah. Although it's kind of fun. It's like mysterious. So what you guys will notice too is that over time when we start to have conversations with Chris that are going to involve other people, those other people will be a part of the show. You will not hear Tara as much. She will help with the introductions and she will help with the transitions, but she's going to be a lot more behind the scenes. But if you guys need to reach her or have questions for her, for her, excuse me. Oh, sorry, babe. <laughs> for her, then you can uh, you oh, can no definitely more. still reach out. She's still here. She's still going to be a part of things. She's still going to be all around. But as I start interviewing other people, I'll be introducing them up front. And let's hope I don't forget that because obviously that would be that'd be really weird. Although yeah. I'd be really fun to be like a guessing game of like who's yeah. on the show, who's talking today. <laughs> yeah, we're also going to have a video go live coming up too. It's going to be on Instagram. We're going to be videoing our podcast in the van with the introduction, with the introductions and conversations with my friends and with random people that I come across. So it just so happens that I know a whole lot of really cool people who are uh, very interesting and have a lot to say about life. And I'm excited to talk about, talk with them about what they believe and how they see things and what's brought them to their levels of success that they are at these days and also just excited to introduce you guys to them uh what i think you'll see and notice throughout the entire system of this podcast is that i will always remain the positive encouraging supportive listener and participant and i will never waver from who i am no matter who i speak with and that's something that i really wanted to talk about and i think one of the the coolest quotes that i came up with recently that sort of hit me is what did I say, Tara? I said the best thing in life that you can be is underestimated. Yes. And that's because, well, frankly, if you just underestimate someone once, you know the answer and you know the reason why I say that. Because if you've ever underestimated anything in your life, then there's a very clear and defined answer as to why you do want to be underestimated as you go through this world. So a lot of that brings me back to the many different things that I've been talking about over the podcast each week and how truth, when you speak your truth, uh, someone comes to me and tells me that my truth isn't the truth because perhaps their perspective on it is different. I don't feel it necessary to defend my position and I definitely don't feel it necessary to give them any more tools to use against me. So by not arguing and by allowing someone to believe that they win, because that's what people seek to do. They think that winning is about the victory they got at that moment, which was that they were able to show me their point of view, and now here I am, you know, affected by it, and it's and I'm not, I'm all of a sudden not believing in myself, which is great. I, I want them to walk away believing that that's what they did. I want them to walk away believing that they won and that they got the better of me. And uh, I've always been a, a big, firm believer in this because. 
the moment that you realize that the best place that you can ever be positioned is by being underestimated it gives you true control and true power over any situation i often teach and talk about the fact that most people spend time reacting to what other people say and do when someone acts towards you you have two options you can either react to them or stop take a breath and then come up with your own action that has nothing to do with what they act their action did now you're no longer reacting to them you're steering the conversation or you're steering the direction of the path of things that need to go and by doing so oftentimes you can steer people back on course even if they're way off course or you can get trapped in a endless loop of arguing with that person simply because even if you don't argue they're still going to keep arguing with themselves over and over and over again because in their mind they're making themselves and their point stronger but the more that you repeat yourself over and over again to most people that lessens your credibility because you really shouldn't have to say it more than once and when you do say it once if people are listening and they have respect for you then they're going to take what you say file it away and that's done but if you're over there having to go, no, 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 wait, no, wait, wait, I got, no, no, let me explain. No, what I'm trying to say. No, no, this is what I was trying to get across. Well, then that comes across as, let's call it less than honest or less than sincere or whatever word you want to use for that. But at the end of the day, I believe that being underestimated in every situation is the strongest position to be in. There's been more than more times than I can count where I've been on both sides of this coin. For most of my life, I like to believe that I could force people into respecting me and that being dominant and being stronger and being more powerful, more in control, always trying to win uh, and establish a win that didn't even care whether or not the other person survived it, let alone found a win of their own. It led me to a position where I realized that the people that were that I was underestimating were the people that were much smarter than me. And there was someone once that told me, you know, it's really impossible for a horse that's that's already been broken, that's tame, and that's inside of a fence to do any damage to you if you're the owner of the farm. But if you find a wild stallion, that wild stallion has the potential to do a whole lot for you and can be quite the horse if you can get it to where it needs to be. However, it can also damage and ruin your farm and destroy every single thing you have because of the power and the passion that those animals have. And the same thing holds true with humans. Not all people are capable of causing trouble or hurting people or damaging people through their actions or through their words. And that's great because those people are, are beautiful people and they serve a place in this world. But then there are those people out there who are a little fiery, who have a little more attitude than the rest, who need to be heard more than others, or who are just willing to argue for no reason. And those people tend to uh, pop up from time to time. Now, I am diagnosed manic bipolar disorder too, which means I am super crazy, clinically speaking. But also that means that I have like this overwhelming mania that leads and drives my life, which... They've always said that if I could find a way to bottle that mania, that it would be worth millions and millions of dollars because it's the key to all success for all successful business and for all success in everything. However, with that comes an equal amount of depression. And the depression is just as severe and just as uh, intense as the mania. 
So it goes back and forth, and there's no, like, obviously there's no perfect scenario. Boy, wouldn't it be great if you could have the mania without the depression? Then the life would be balanced, though. Then it wouldn't be in balance. And so what you have to learn is how to utilize the mania while managing the depression, to where the depression no longer becomes something that takes hold of you, and the mania never becomes something that allows you to lose yourself. And that's the biggest part about being manic is when you are manic, you tend to go down these, these rabbit holes of thought or of feeling, whichever way you want to go about it. And now that we've talked about how you divide those up and figure out which is which, you guys know exactly what to do with them. But the mania is, is that I'm right, you're wrong, I'm smart, you're stupid, I know everything, you know nothing, and basically that I'm not even going to allow you to talk because that's how much more powerful than I am and how much how much more I know than you know about everything. Basically, that's mania in a nutshell, which, yeah, I mean, to the T does that fit me for most of my life. But the difference is now is that I've learned that that sort of comes with a certain amount of responsibility and it doesn't have to be a negative thing. And so now I choose to use my mania in a controlled fashion where it does not obsess, where I do not become so locked on to any one idea that I feel that I have to stay on that idea and be right about that idea and convince others of my idea because I spent a lot of time in my life trying to convince people of my view and that it was right. They were not listening. <laughs> so I realized a long time ago I was wasting my breath, wasting my time, wasting my energy. And in the back of my mind, here I was thinking that I was winning the war. And then those people were sitting back and I was underestimating them, right? Because I thought they were stupid. I thought they were incomparable to me. They weren't on my level. So therefore, why should I even let them talk? And then here they were sitting back watching me make an ass out of myself all the time. And also very easy to point out inconsistencies when somebody who's manic is running their mouth with no sustenance behind it or no backing. That made me look less credible because of the fact that I never listened, because of the fact that I thought I was always right. And also someone told me one time, right, we have one mouth and two ears. Well, you can never learn anything while you're talking. But when you listen, you allow yourself to learn a lot of things. And so the underestimated part of what I learned is that the people that were truly in power, that truly were in control, were the ones that were sitting back listening to what I was saying. And instead of pointing out my flaws, instead of pointing out the things about me that were not right or that would make an argument happen, they just simply sat back and let me do my own hanging. And I tied my own lynch. I put my head through it. I jumped off the thing. And basically every time I spoke, every time I went public, I was simply hanging myself publicly. I look back now and realize that I'm grateful for that opportunity and I'm grateful for that time because had I never gone through that time, I would have never understood what it meant to commit society suicide. I don't know. I don't know what the right word is. I don't know what you're saying. But it was certainly like a time of, uh, you know, completely just sabotaging my own self and making my life basically far more difficult and making me far more unreliable than who I really was. Now, my heart was in the right place but I couldn't seem to get my heart synced up with my brain. And in between the heart and the brain was my mouth, and my mouth wouldn't shut up. So it became this You're argument. Self-imploding. Self-imploding, yes. And so eventually one day I figured out that, um, you know, I was the fool and the, you know, in the court, and that I became the jester of 
all the jokes and all the pointing and all the laughing and all the things. And I didn't even know because I was too secure and that everything I was saying was right and that everything everybody else was saying was wrong. Well, over time, you start to pick up on things. And if you're paying attention, then you really learn to realize that if that was the case, (laughs) then I would not have felt like I felt at all, nor would I have been behaving the way that I was behaving. So here's my question. Did you have, so in those times of our self-implosion, we have people that do one of two things. They sit back and they let us do our thing and they just kind of say, okay, you have fun with that and walk away. Or you have those people that see what you're doing, acknowledge what you're doing, but take no offense to it. And they still support you nonetheless, right? They allow you to learn your lessons or at least hope you learn your lessons. Did you have anybody in your life during that time that helped you become or put you on the path to be the person that you are today? I think so. I think there's always been people that were meant to be in my life at that time and that they were always the ones that uh, allowed me the opportunity to basically hang myself in front of them before they would kindly point out to me that that I didn't learn anything in that whole entire experience. And the reason they know I didn't learn anything was because I didn't listen to anything. So therefore, I couldn't have learned anything. And so those people were able to kind of jolt me into realizing and recognizing those things. I believe that's what a mentor, a guide, a guru, a philosopher, many other terms out there, therapist, but I believe that that's what their role is, is to bring you back to a place where you can see things clearly. So it's micro versus macro. When you're in the situation, you're so caught up with everything that you're saying that you're not actually looking at what the topic of conversation really is. So you're looking at it as what I'm saying is the only thing that matters, but without taking a macro look at things where you step away and realize that, heck, the topic that I'm talking about so passionately and so adamantly and, that, and so persistently for so long isn't even having any effect or isn't even really what we're supposed to be talking about. So the reason that I say that that's the most powerful thing in the world is because when you're underestimated, that means that, first of all, people are not expecting anything from you. And on top of that, when they're not expecting anything from you, then anything you do is going to be considered as either a great thing or a terrible thing. But without expectations, you're not living up to anything. So you don't have any way to real fail at that. Also being not not letting people see you coming. Yeah, so the people that helped me kind of see things the way that I needed to see them were some of the most patient people that I've ever met in my life. And a lot of those people ended up becoming the main reason why I am who I am today. Ironically, if you would have met me 10 years ago, 15 years ago, and I was just beginning to work on myself, um, and you went up to somebody and asked them to tell you who Chris Pace was, their response to you, if you know me today, would be very shocking. You know, most people today know me as a peaceful, calm, centered, balanced human being who has figured out life as much as anyone can and has built a nice peaceful life you know i'm a a happy dad a great parent i love my children do my podcast and i'm involved in that because i'm really passionate about helping others teaching yoga teaching acrobatics teaching hand balancing these things are things that are passions of mine they're things that i love to do also working on my nonprofit, being a part of wounded warriors program those types of things 
all very important to me and all things that I keep focused on. So I think working in those directions and giving yourself those boundaries or those guidelines or those people in those positions allows you to, to learn as you grow. So instead of having to learn from people a long time ago, those key people, and then let that sink in and then take years and years and years to polish it. Now I've got people surrounding me that are awesome at just letting me know, hey, Chris, um, kind of got what you were saying there, but I kind of need you to be a little more, a little more clarity you know, and you do that a lot. Obviously, that's why we're sitting here having these conversations today. Yes, it is. Uh, is because there's not many people that understand me on the level that you do that are able to help me to communicate what it is that's going through my crazy brain. I think that's another thing, too, where when you fly under the radar and you do all the things that you're doing, right? You're giving back. You've got your nonprofit. You're teaching your students. You're doing all these things in order to help others help themselves because you've been through it. And doing that, you're flying under the radar. You're giving back, but you're also saying, okay, I took care of me. I know how to take care of me at this point. I know how to put myself first to keep my glass full. Now I'm going to teach others how to do that. And I think that's a beautiful way to stay empowered, stay lifting others up, but still flying under the radar. So doing the opposite of what you were doing when you were younger, what you were trying to do, but doing it in a far more aggressive way when you were younger compared to now. Absolutely. I mean, 100%, that's probably the biggest benefit of all is that I'm not sure how many people know, but I, I don't do any of this for money. I obviously don't make any money off of any of the things that I do right now. And most of the money that I do make, if I do make any, is to, uh, to be given away to be used for supportive causes to help other people. So this is certainly not something that I'm doing because it's financially driven, certainly not seeking success or fame or fortune or admiration because like you said, I pretty much stay below the radar. As a matter of fact, if there's anything that you guys ever take away from listening to me talk is I hope you can listen to the words that I'm speaking and not the person who's speaking them because it is not me that I want you to hear. I'm not asking you to listen to Chris Pace, and I'm not asking you to to keep me, whether you like me, dislike me, whatever your feelings are towards me, I respect that. But I also would like for you to hear the words that I'm saying and know that they are coming from a good place and that they could help you out in your life, but it has nothing to do with me, all right? So if we could get that on the table right now and just go ahead and just wipe that clear to where you no longer look at, oh, well, this is Chris Pays, so I'm going to take my preconceived notions and ideas of who he is into this podcast so that I can break him apart and tear him down and blah, 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 blah. Well, you're missing the point. The point is that I'm out here speaking this stuff to you, and the reason you can't see me is because, A, I want you to hear me. I don't want you to hear me. I want you to hear the words that are being spoken by me. But it's not for me that you hear them, and it's definitely not because I'm trying to become somebody to you. So look at it, listen to it, and understand that you can separate the words from the person. You don't have to love the person to understand and love the ideas the person has. And I do believe that's something that people will take away from this over time, is that the person that's speaking is irrelevant if what they're saying is extremely relevant. That's true. I mean, if you didn't say your name or anything and somebody just popped on some audio tape, I mean, you might listen into those words without any preconceived notion. And listening and hearing are two very different things. 100%. And, uh, you know, you, you've been around me long enough to know that I've been underestimated time and time again, where I've been ousted from communities and 
been uh, you know shunned from all different walks of life and then you know people see me go away and then all of a sudden I pop back up on the radar six months later and I'm doing this amazing event holding this amazing festival putting together this amazing business building stuff behind the scenes but I do all that without any kind of announcements or talking about it because I don't really need people to know what I'm working on next I don't really need to show off every single thing that I do all throughout my life to everybody out there. Not until it's time. Not until it's time. And then whenever somebody thinks, oh, just about the time you think, oh, he's gone, he's never coming back. Well, that's when you see me pop up with an entirely new thing going on. For those of you who listen to Centered or have been on my Centered app, you know that I do have a book coming out this year called Overcoming All. And I'm very excited about this book because it's really going to talk about Uh, how to overcome everything in your life and really that's what life is all about you know we talk about the series of somethings that life is the siempre algo that siempre algo is really just a series of somethings that we have in our lives well as we go through those somethings it becomes those somethings become a part of our existence they become who we are they become what we are and how we determine and deal with those things is really what defines us as human beings. And so learning how to be calm, never reactive, but always taking time to file away your emotions, put those into the right categories before speaking something that's going to be logical and truthful, well, then that puts you into a new healthy spot of making decisions. And the more you can find yourself making logical and rational decisions that are not emotion-based, the more you're going to find yourself in a healthy position to do things in life and so a lot of times when you don't see or hear from me for a while it's not that I've disappeared or gone off the edge or lost anything that I was you know any part of who I am it's more that sometimes I just need to sit with myself and I'll spend six months day after day and you've seen me do it with my yoga practice my meditation my children and Mm -hmm. the things that are valuable to me and then all of a sudden one day wake up and go okay here's what we're doing now yeah and it's like I just somehow now Put it all together and now it makes sense well isn't there that quote about work hard in silence and then when you're ready come out and you know show the world what you've been doing but it's better to work hard in silence you don't need to be i mean like we talked about before you don't need to be boisterous and showing off and doing all these things because that's a bunch of wasted energy bring that energy bring it into yourself work on the projects that you're working on and then expose and say hey this is what i've been working on for you guys well and it's so much more pressure just as we were talking about last night in a relationship this is something I tell people all the time the moment that you decide to get engaged to someone that you love well when you put that ring on their finger and you promise to commit yourself to them for the rest of your life subconsciously in your mind something happens that adds a new level of pressure to succeeding in that engagement and then when you get married and you signed your marriage certificate and now you guys are one And you're going to spend the rest of your lives together forever and ever and ever. Amen. Now there's another added level of pressure because you don't want to fail at that. And so in the back of your mind, you're simply just putting these subconscious pressures on yourself. And then you go onto your Facebook or social media and you post on there. Your relationship status has changed and that now you're in your happily ever after marriage that you've always wanted. Well, as soon as you do that, the moment you do that, your subconscious mind goes, If this doesn't work, I'm going to have to go back on here and change this. And when I do, that's going to be really humiliating. And so now there's a subconscious more pressure on yourself simply because you posted and changed your relationship status. They say the best sign of a healthy relationship 
there's no sign of it on social media. And that is the truth. 100%. And the only people who need to be seen on social media in a relationship are insecure people, which if you're in a relationship with someone who always wants to be seen on your social media, then you're in an insecure relationship. And that's not going to last because eventually you're not going to be able to do enough to make that person not feel insecure. And eventually it's going to crack. So all your efforts are wasted because eventually that insecurity will eventually win up to me or in my mind it's better to just wake up every day and allow people to be themselves make the choices you'd like to make be with the person you'd like to be with without adding additional pressure to that situation to make it even more difficult so that's something that i very much believe in it's something that i very much think is the the right way to love someone the right way mm-hmm. to be with someone yeah, when and there's, the right way to commit to someone. When they truly commit without any sort of contract or whatever the case yeah. is. Yep. It's, a, it's a true, pure choice. Truth. Yep. It's the most powerful choice in the world. You can wake up tomorrow when you're not committed to somebody on paper or in a contract or in anything else and walk away from a relationship, which means that every single day that you wake up, you have to give your best foot forward and earn that person's love, admiration, everything else that goes along with it. And if you're not, then guess what? They can walk away. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's a really, really beautiful and powerful thing to have to wake up every day and earn that person's love, earn that person's trust, earn that person's, you know, and that's as opposed to, ha ha, gotcha. Yeah, but you're earning it in being yourself and that's what the key is. It's not like a, oh, I have to do all these things for them and people please and da da da. No, I'm just going to be who I am Mm -hmm. and I'm going to support you in the best ways that I can and that is where that earning comes from. 100%. It's not, it's something that is just simply going to allow you to keep things beautiful. The Buddha said, if you love a flower, you don't pick the flower and keep it to yourself because the flower will die and no one else can enjoy it. If you truly love the flower, you water the flower, you love the flower, you appreciate the flower and you share the flower with others because that's what love is. And when you do that with a human being, man, they grow. They become so much more confident when you give them the freedom to come and go as they please and tell them that you are not obligated to show up at my house tomorrow ever again or you are, but it's up to you. Well, then guess what? When I choose to come spend time with someone, that's based on my decision to come and spend time with someone who I enjoy being with and has no obligation. There are no contracts. There are no social media stressors. There is nothing about it that is fake or false or anything else. So I'm allowed to go and do whatever I want, whenever I want, with whoever I want without any sort of stressor. So then how does that make you feel when you're the person chosen? by me to spend my time with. Yeah, it feels great. Feels great. Feels amazing. But if I was obligated to spend time with you because it was part of an agreement we made way back. I would feel a little shitty. That wouldn't really make you feel so beautiful. It would not feel so good. Mm. No. Yeah, so you see how it kind of works. But then at the same time, people want to, they want security and they believe by locking somebody into something that that gives them security, which BT dub, in case you guys don't know, half of all marriages fail. In America, which means that if we're at that point where one half don't work, I would say it's probably time to start looking at some other options for ways to be committed and be serious with someone, but without all of this. Yeah, work on that mindset. Yeah, work on the mindset. Because I honestly would much rather have someone not show up to see me because they chose something else in life 
that have someone come and spend every day of their life with me because they have to out of obligation, out of commitment, out of a mm -hmm. business decision. That to me is not a life and I don't want that. So, yeah. And I think that's even more special too, that like if someone, you know, you have plans with someone, but they're like, Hey, I have to take care of this, but I'm still coming to you because I committed to you and I want to be there with you. That's also another level of this. And then having the other person be like, no, I get it. Cool. You do your thing. I'm here for you. Yep. Are you ready to stop procrastinating? Are you ready to get back in control of your day to achieve your goals while having more time for yourself? I've teamed up with a new platform to help you 24-7. Whenever you need a boost, it's called Centered. And I'm inviting you to join my community, Overcoming All, on there for free. Centered is a website where I will help you overcome procrastination, overcome burnout, motivate you to crush your work and get your life back. When you're starting to work on your laptop, fire up Centered and you'll hear focus music starting to play and then you'll hear me, your coach, welcoming you to another great session. While you're working, I'll encourage you and inspire you in the way that you've come to expect. And Centered will provide times, task management, and most importantly, a way to chat with me and supportive members of my Overcoming All community. And if you'd like one-on-one -on -one coaching with me, to lift you up and to help you achieve your best, you can find time with me directly in Centered. Join me by clicking the link in the episode description. I'll see you there. Well, it's amazing how much when you let things go, they come back. Yeah, yeah. And it's that's what just... it should be. It should be relaxed like that because underneath it all, you know that there's that trust, that true, pure love. Mm -hmm. And you have the choice. Yeah. As long as you have the choice, you feel empowered to make the choice that you want. And when you do make the choice that you want, which is to go to that person, yeah. now you feel great about yourself for making that choice. That They feel great about you making that choice. And now when you get together, that situation is going to be very healthy mm. and probably going to have a lot of fun. Oh, yes. Instead of the regret, obligation, I have to do this, I have to be there, yeah. whatever it is. It gets That's, stale and just, there gets, there gets to be a lot of, um, not regret, what's the word? <laughs> we'll do a uh, podcast on relationships. Yeah, we'll have to, yeah. People have a lot of questions We'll have about to go mine. down that. Yeah, let's, um, if you guys have any questions about relationships... Um, all types of relationships, make sure you email them to us or send them, DM, DM them, whatever the case is. Yes, for those of you who don't know, I do live and have an orthodox relationship with people, but I believe that there are all types of relationships out there in the world and that you can have beautiful relationships with many, many different people and have different terms and different qualifications or different uh, ideals for each one of those relationships and none of them devalues another one in any way shape or form have you ever thought about the idea that when you get committed to another person let's say that just tomorrow you found your husband that you're going to spend the rest of your life with and that man wasn't comfortable with you spending time with other men now 50 percent of the earth's population you are not allowed to even have a relationship with or talk to or speak to or be around ever again for the rest of your life so now you only have 50 percent of the population left then if he's that insecure that he doesn't like homosexual women well now you've taken another percentage of the earth's population away from you to be able to be friends with yeah it's I've stupid never in my life told you nor patty nor anyone else who you can hang out with why you can't hang out with them when you can't hang out with them none at all never 
not one directive because that's just not fair who am i to take people out of your life who am i to take away opportunities that you could have mm -hmm. and so believe it or not there's a lot of men out there that are good guys that are not yeah. just trying to sleep with everybody no and those people are respectful people those people are really cool people mm -hmm. and you've got to you know vet some people you've got to ask oh, some of questions course. You you've have got to protect to... what's yours yeah but that's part of the relationship yeah but also at the same time, you can't be threatened by every little no. single thing that's, uh, you know. No. Well, especially for me, my, my friendships, my relationships, all this stuff, I grew up and I still continue to be in a very male dominated industry and, and, and fitness is mostly what I do. And that would just be silly to, and I, I'm very respected. I get asked questions about my knowledge all the time because I'm, I, you know, I nerd out on that. Mm -hmm. So how odd would that be for me? Like, Hey, so, um, you can't ask me questions anymore. <laughs> like, that's just silly. <laughs> I mean, how, much would your, how different would your life be if all of a sudden someone came in and told you you could no longer talk to guys? Oh yeah. That'd just be like, I'd be like, uh, excuse me. But I mean, you would have to alter every, oh, every part of aspect your of my life. Yeah. For what? For, yeah. And, so, for but that's their insecurity. exactly. It's on them. It's like, you don't trust me. What does that say about you? Like I haven't done anything. <laughs> exactly. All I've done has been truthful with you, but what are you hiding from me? Well, and even beyond that, just the simple fact that you can't find it in yourself to trust the person you love mm -hmm. means you don't really love them. Mm -hmm. And that's where it gets down to that whole grassroots nitty gritty kind of thing. Where yeah. It's like, you know what? If I don't trust you enough to let you make your own decisions, then obviously I don't love you mm -hmm. in the way that I say I do, mm -hmm. which is why most people are always looking at their other partner going, uh, really? You know, because these are some silly things that we're talking about, right? Oh yeah. If someone's going to cheat, they're going to cheat. I don't care how much you monitor or how much you, but I can definitely tell you this. I've never met a woman who is attracted by insecurity. No, hundred percent. It drives us away. It pushes women away so fast. It shuts us down. If we're, if we can't get away physically, whatever the case is, we just shut down. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, insecurity to you guys is the least attractive thing, mm -hmm. but what is the first thing that men want to do as soon as they get with a woman? I'll possess her, control her, mm -hmm. own her. Yep. They think you're property. They don't see you as the beautiful being that you are, they see you as something that they've obtained in their life. But what they don't realize is that you never can own another person. It's not an option in life. And so... Gotta be like Buddha. That's right. Buddha and his flowers. Enjoy, appreciate, love, respect. Don't be stupid, but also... Yeah. Well, that woman's gonna love you way more if you say, hey, look at, look at what my wife, my girlfriend, my whoever has done. Like, look at all the cool things she does. Like, this is awesome. She's mine. But like, she does this on her own and I support her. Like, that's going to have her come back to you over and over and the love will grow and flourish. Sure. Well, I mean, you're in the gym business, right? And mm -hmm. You're a professional bikini model and perform and you train. And I would say 90% of the time that you're at the gym, 90% of the people that are around you are men. Oh, there's, yeah, the majority of the time, it's maybe, maybe one other girl in the gym when I'm there. And when you're there, there's mostly, we're not talking about schluffs and, you know, couch potato guys. We're talking about some fit. Oh, yeah. Really the, amazing. The gym I go to has power lifters, bodybuilders, yeah, all that so stuff. They're the serious. Best physically put together men on the planet. But in no way do I feel threatened by you being around those men. And, and I don't feel insecure being around them because... I also like to think that I hold myself and my energy to a standard of like, okay, she's like, we don't mess with her, but we also respect the hell out of her. Sure. Well, I mean, that's what you have to prove to them so that they will actually mm -hmm. see you for what you want to be seen as. But again, 
yeah, you have to set that tone and that has to be something that you do for you yes. to really capture them and to let them know that you're not just some floozy that's in there that's trying to, mm-hmm. you know, pick up some dudes, right? Mm-hmm. Because there's a difference and we've all gone to the gym. We've all seen the girls that, you know, arguably, it seems to me that you can tell a lot about someone's self-confidence by the length of clothing that they wear when they're exercising. Or how they wear that length of clothing. Or how they wear it, for sure. Because there's been times where, like, if I'm getting close to a show, I need to see my body working as I'm working out. So, Or if it's hot, because Florida. Well, that, yeah, that's a definitely <laughs> a, a different perspective, too. But, when you're but I know what you're saying. Talking about an L.A. fitness. You yeah. Know, oh, yeah. That's There's different. never any reason that you need to be showing all that no. you need to be showing for any reason. You no. know, the air's on. There's a yeah. Uh, we don't. You're not working out your undercarriage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a, yeah. So, but I mean, again, that's just for people to looking for attention. They're looking to get attention of any type because any type of attention makes people feel somewhat validated. Yeah. Even and if, if that's it's the, the case, let me be your trainer, and I'll get you where you want to be, so that you feel positive about yourself. Certainly. <laughs> it's important to feel good about yourself. <laughs> but, but one of the things I wanted to go back on real quick was talking about putting out your relationships and all this stuff. And I saw this quote, and I don't remember exactly how it goes, but it basically was saying that, like, you know who your best friend is or you know who somebody's best friend is is the, the lack of photos you have with them because you're too busy living life. You're not stopping to take pictures all the time. Or if you're taking pictures, they're not together because you're photographing or videoing the other person Mm -hmm. doing their thing because you see them just shining, you know? And that's the truth. I mean, losing two of my best friends in the last year made me realize how few photos I have together with those two guys. And it was because we were living. We were doing things together. We were out and about. We weren't focused on us. And guys are already bad about taking their own pictures. And so... You know, after they died, it was obviously like, man, I really should have done better about that. But at the same time, you're right. We were the memories that I have, the experiences that I went through, the things that we did together. No one can ever take those away from me. And those are ours. And whether we have photographic evidence of it or whether it was posted on social media or not is irrelevant. And, um, you know, and also the the bodybuilding side of things is really where I came up with this entire Uh, concept of the best thing you can be in life is underestimated is because if you go to those shows and if you go to those events which I have been to one thing that I respect and appreciate the most about it is is even when you go to the gym prior to these events you don't see these guys who are ready to compete and they're fittest and best shape walking around and the smallest amount of clothing that they can wear showing off what they have not at all. They're wearing they, baggy clothes. They're wearing baggy, long sleeve, as much as they can cover on themselves, they cover it. And that's because they don't want you to see them coming. When they get up there on the stage, they want you to be like, oh my God, I had no idea that's what he was hiding under that shirt. Yeah. And when I watch these guys compete, I have so much respect for that because that's truly a difficult thing to do that's the opposite of the way we are in society if if i had a body that looked like most of those guys bodies i'd be walking around with no clothes on all the time but at the same time i'd be doing it for a different reason so to see them and for them to have that kind of respect and that kind of admiration and that kind of understanding that that's the best way to win is to not let them see you coming Mm -hmm. um that taught me a lot you know so i've learned a lot from watching the uh, figure competitors the bodybuilding world because that's something that they do very, very well. Mm-hmm. And you can underestimate someone real quickly when you see them walk by in a hoodie with long sleeve shirts on, shirts on and long pants on. And the next time you see them is up on stage and you're like, 
Hang oh, on. Oh, damn. Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, is, is, that, is that the same person? What? Right. And it's amazing, you know. It's, and then afterwards, they're not walking around showing off their muscles and stuff again. Because, again, they go right back into the baggy clothes. They go right back into hiding what they got because it's not about showing yeah, off. They don't have the energy for that. Nah, you should, just, you should, if you have that much energy to show off and be boisterous and, and just constantly flexing in front of everybody, like, you won't last long. You really won't. It's, it's a rare few that get through, and they have something else. But, yeah, it doesn't – you just don't show off. That's a waste of energy. That's you feeling in, unconfident. Well, and if I saw that, I would realize, I would think to myself as someone who doesn't understand that whole world, wow, that person's really insecure about what they're trying to do because of the fact that they're out there trying to validate themselves to everyone all the time. Whereas the people that just come in, do what needs to be done, put their clothes back on and go back about life, a lot of respect for those people because they're not doing it to impress anyone else. They're doing it for themselves. They're doing it to compete. They're doing it to win. They're doing it to do the best they can, but at the same time, it's not a showboat thing. It's not a 2,000 selfies thing. It's not a, and I mean, I've learned a lot going to those shows. Those people definitely have a humble attitude, and that's really cool to see because yeah. you wouldn't expect that from that kind of visual. Yeah, and what's even cooler about flying under the radar even more is a lot of competitors have like real jobs. Like I know so many lawyers and scientists and doctors and and professionals that are that are high up in their companies that compete and it's just you would never know. They just fly under the radar and they're successful in all aspects of their life, but they're humble. Mm. Same with tattoos these days. That is very true. We're going to have a whole conversation on that one too. Yeah. That's an upcoming podcast. That one is definitely coming up soon. There's a lot I have to talk about, but <laughs> it's enough for today. Yes. I think we can call it off. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to tune in next Tuesday. And also um, at the same time, go check out centered.app. And if you guys want to contact us, all the information is located in our episode descriptions and the whole podcast description. So we will see you next Tuesday. Holla.